I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, this is Bitch Slap. I'm Rachel Fisher. I'm Desi Jadikin. And this is Melrose Place Season 1, Episode 8, Lonely Hearts. Womp yeah, womp. Yeah. <laughs> This is the first episode, because I don't even want to count the Teresa episode, because Teresa wasn't an adversary. Like, she wasn't a villain. No. This is like the, seems like the first real outside villain that was, I guess, Allison's boss. He was the villain. But this is a more intense, because those were sort of, the boss was a more minor Character. character and this guy is there the whole storyline he's infiltrated the whole group yes. too yeah we open on melrose avenue a guy in a full denim look cowboy boots he and cowboy boots is walking down the street he passes by a store and he sees in the window sandy and Rhonda trying on hats and these are like blossom hats total (laughs) they're like straw with the flowers that very 90s kind of hat look yeah there was like a lot of like flowers on hats absolutely and they see this guy checking them out and they're like "Ooh, he's cute Mm -hmm. Rhonda's always Rhonda's always yeah he's not cute Rhonda's always on board with any attention from guys it's like to get go get it I wish that was happening to me like she's not discerning at all in my opinion I also think Rhonda is just happy to be a wing woman for other women like she wants other women to get laid just as much as she wants to get laid yes but there's one it's like one thing to be a wing woman helping your your friend get laid. It's another to let them get laid by someone not great. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You gotta also be like a little like not that one. Yeah, she was willing to have Jane cheat on Michael. Oh yeah, so she could get dick. Also, remember the guy she picked up in in her aerobic class who tried to sell her an MLM. Yeah, I just don't think she has the best uh, you know decision making. She doesn't skills. have a great picker. So this guy walks into the store and introduces himself. And he's like, to Sandy, he's like, you got to be a model or an actress. And she's like, is it that obvious? I mean, that should be an immediate turnoff, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. That line. Calm down. <laughs> That's a line he's used before. Yeah. And he's like, my name's Paul. And they're like, she's like, well, nice to meet you, Paul. And they, <laughs> and so they leave. And as they're leaving, he runs out after them. He's like, wait, wait. 
are you doing anything tonight? And he mm. asks Sandy to go out to dinner with him that night. Yeah, he's he, got nothing else going on. He has on. nothing else going on, and apparently she doesn't either. And well, she's, Rhonda's like, don't worry about the movies. <laughs> we could go another night. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. They did have plans to go to a movie, and but Sandy's like, fuck that. I want this weird Melrose Avenue dick. A, a date. A date. Ooh. Yeah. And he's like, how about Angelini's on 3rd <laughs> at 8 p.m.? Doesn't even make, check to see if they have a table. No. That's the type of place it is, maybe. He's confident. Yeah, this is a place that doesn't have a table at 8 p.m. the same night of, apparently. Uh, Yeah, so she's like, yeah, well, I'll meet you there. That's smart. That is smart. That night at dinner, he's like wearing a suit and tie. This is what, okay, this is what (laughs) went through my mind. Because Sandy is not into him the moment this scene starts. And here's why why I think. Here's my hypothesis. Have you ever seen someone like dressed in a look and you think they're hot, but then you see them dressed in another look and you're like, it's ruined for me. Yes. And I think that's what happened here because this guy showed up in a Canadian tuxedo when they first met. And so Sandy's picturing this guy as someone who wears Canadian tuxedos. Yeah. It's a cowboy. And he just came off more like he just came off. Yeah. Like different and like hotter to her. Like he she thought that was a better look. But then when she saw him in a suit and tie, she's like, oh, he's like actually not that hot. Also, this restaurant is extremely fancy, but it looks like where senior citizens would go. It's not a cool place. It's not cool or hip or trendy. And it it looks like a place where you go to have like afternoon tea. It's yeah. very like brocade <laughs> Like kind of like fancy, it, not in a way that young people would go to. Though I'm sorry, like honestly, it looked like the kind of place that hasn't changed their carpets in 30 years, and it kind of smells. It's just very stuffy, and it's not a it's not conducive to a fun first date, right? Like, it was a bad choice. Yeah. I don't like his choices. So, oh, sorry. Um, she's like not he's very nervous talking through this dinner and he's not a good conversationalist at all he's incredibly boring he's super boring and he's like i swear i've never done anything like this in my life and she couldn't look less interested she's so bored yeah she's so bored it's on her face how he doesn't see it is beyond me and he's not hot anymore no she's over it she wants out of there i mean this is why you get coffee Yeah. Because then you're stuck there for an hour and a half. Right. (laughs) Meanwhile, Allison arrives home. And of course, Billy is typing away at his computer, working on the next great script. Allison is stressed yet again. I wrote that. (laughs) I literally wrote that. She's always stressed. Everything is like an 11. There's always something going wrong. And this time it's her car because her car is a piece of shit. And this is when we learn that her car has a name Mm. and it's Betsy. Of course. I love also Allison has a perfectly paced smudge on her cheek. How did she get that? I guess she was fixing the car. Did she, was she looking (laughs) under the hood? I have no idea because it's literally just a swipe. She's telling Billy, she's like, my car broke down again, Billy. And she can't afford a new car Mm -mm. and she can't afford the repairs. What is she going to do? And Billy's like, you could take out a loan. I can help you get one. He's a salesman. He knows how to do things. He's going to help. This is, they're so codependent. Did you notice that they had a really cool cat picture Mm-mm. in their kitchen? It was like a white kind of deco influenced picture. I did not see that. Yeah. Oh, a picture. <laughs> like a picture. Yeah. Like to like pour. To pour. No. Yeah. It was really cool. That sounds cool. Um, Billy's going to help her though. 
back at dinner, Sandy is bored out of her mind. Paul is talking about working at a nursery. And he, this guy can't stop talking about plants. He's talking about plants the whole dinner. Not only this, he does a classic date faux pas, never asking them about what they do or they're, it's like all him talking. He does ask her, well, he starts talking about where he's from. Yeah. I don't even know if he was the one who asked her where she was from or if she interjected that, if she said, well, I'm from a small town too. Cause he's talking about how he's from a small town. Right. And she's like telling him that she's from, is it North Carolina or South, South Car- Carolina? Okay. She's from South Carolina and he's like, Oh, the foliage there. The plants. He immediately rattles on about that. He yeah. makes it about him. Yeah. He does that thing where he pretends he's like talking, relating it to your story, but it's really just so he can like tell you about plants. Yes. And she like cannot wait to leave. He then asks her if she'd like to go to dessert in Venice, which that insane. is an insane <laughs> question to ask. They're in West Hollywood right now. No, you wouldn't do that. Without traffic, this is a 20-minute drive. And why there are other places to get dessert. Why would you drive to Venice to get dessert? Also, completely having zero gauge of how it's going, clearly. Yeah. Like, it's going bad, dude. I hate that he asked this. Me too. I would I would have just booked it out of there immediately. And she pretty much tries to she's like okay that was nice i'm going home and he says well can i like follow you home and she's like well we took two separate cars and he's like yeah but i'd i'd prefer to like drive you home insane request because why would you let him know where you lived yeah i don't know why she i don't know why she agreed to this either but he probably would have followed her regardless so we have to remember sandy's 23 and when you're 23 years old sometimes like if like maybe you don't have enough of this kind of shitty experience and you feel you don't know how to like stand up for yourself in a in a force I don't know whatever she could have felt scared well the only thing that surprises me is because she had the foresight to say I'll meet you there Mm -hmm. and that so it didn't line up with her initial smart decision right to let him know where she lives seems like uh but whatever but like I said he probably would have followed her anyway I think she just felt cornered and like definitely just agreed to get out of the situation and he does seem kind of harmless at this At point, first. annoying, but harmless. Yeah. So she's like, okay. And not only does he follow her home in his car, he follows her into the complex. Right. He gets out and then walks her in. And it's very pressury to kind of be intimate and, or like kiss or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, well, which one is yours? Like, which apartment is yours? And she goes, upstairs. Like, she's smart. She's yeah. not going to say which apartment is hers. And then he asks Although her, there's only one apartment. There's like one, <laughs> right. There's like one. Apartment. As far as I know. So then he asks her for a second date and she turns him down. And he's like, oh, OK, well, good night, Sandy. And he leaves. And meanwhile, Jake has been watching this whole time from a lawn chair. He literally just pops out to start mocking her. Yeah. He's <laughs> making fun of Sandy and he goes, not the greatest day to your life. And Sandy's like, no, there's just no spark. And and then Rhonda appears. Of course. Everyone's, they all pop out. They're all here. And he's like, she, I don't know why Rhonda asks this. Sandy has just told Jake that this was like the shittiest date. And Rhonda's like, at least tell me how he kisses. Like, they didn't even kiss. He kissed her on the cheek. Rhonda is 
delusional when it comes to dating. <laughs> she just wants like everything to be positive. Which is crazy because at the end of the season, she does meet like the perfect guy. Yeah. Uh, that's obviously later in the season. But Rhonda is like, look, everyone is a horrible friend in this episode until the last minute. Yes. Yeah. It's really bad. The next day, Billy and Allison are car shopping. And Allison, of course, has a complaint about the car dealership they're at. She's like, these cars don't look new. And Billy's like, let me do the talking. Classic Billy. I'm a Campbell. I got the salesman gene. Allison then spies a a red shiny convertible. And she's like, oh, my God, this car. Oh, it's my dream car, Billy. Look at this car. This car is a classic 90s. I don't know if it was a Miata, but it had Miata vibes. (laughs) Remember Miatas? (laughs) Dude, it totally had Miata vibes. Um, The salesman comes out and he is like Harvey Firestein's miniature cousin. I was like, where is this car place in L.A.? Because it looked like it was like (laughs) Sun Valley. I have no idea where it was because it was kind of an old school used car lot vibe with like the the banner flags and the fringe flat like streamers and stuff hanging around. It was a classic used car situation. And this guy comes up and he's like, hey, can I help you buy a car? (laughs) He's supposed to be like the sleazy car salesman. And uh, she wants to buy the red car and she's going to like trade in her car. Mm. She's going to trade in Betsy. And when the guy comes out with the paperwork, he's like, we can buy Betsy for $300. And she's like, $300? Yeah. I worked three summers for that car in high school. Right. And they're not including the value of the sentimental attachment she adds to it as well. Right. (laughs) And so they're like, Allison's like, let's leave. So they start leaving and Billy's confident he's going to stop us before we leave and, oh, give, yeah. and give us a better deal. But he doesn't stop them. No. Back at Melrose Place, everybody's playing volleyball in the pool. All the guys are tough. And Jane. Oh, is Jane I there? Jane, <laughs> I Sorry. feel like Jane was in there, but it was the guys and Jane. Yeah. Right? They're all shirtless. I thought it was just the guys, but Jane was around the pool. Maybe you're right. Because she's pregnant. Oh, yeah. So you can't go in the pool. I'm just kidding. No idea. According to according to Michael. Yeah, there's chlorine, babe. So uh Sandy arrives with some party food, and to her horror, she sees that Paul is there hanging out. Hanging out on a lawn chair, just fucking chilling. And he says to her, I would have called, but I didn't have your number. And not only that, but he brought her flowers. Yeah. Fresh cut from the um, nursery. From the nursery. (laughs) Flowers are a big theme in this episode. Absolutely. So Sandy goes to put them in water and she's like, tells Rhonda and Jane, she's like, I am not into this guy. What is he doing here? And uh, once again, terrible friends. They're like, just give him a chance. He brought you, he showed up unannounced at your apartment and brought you flowers after the second date. They're acting like Sandy is, is too picky. And like, she's just turning down this guy because he's not meeting her high standards. And it's like in a normal situation, like imagine if I pulled you aside and was like, oh, my God, that's the guy I went on a one date with. 
and he just showed up, you'd be like, oh my God, like what, what? That's so weird. No, we would immediately be like out of there or whatever. Like, like get out of here. Yeah. No, I would never be like, come on, Rachel, just give him a chance. <laughs> I feel like any woman in this situation hearing what Sandy just told them that she didn't want him there would be like, oh shit, like that's creepy. It's really creepy. They, no one says it's creepy at all. Sandy's no. the only person who makes sense in this episode. It takes them a whole episode to get there, too. And it's infuriating yeah, very when infuriating. they do. So. <laughs> oh, God. So they're like, give him a chance. So Sandy walks over and she says, thanks for stopping by. But I got a lot of work to do to, today. And Paul's like, walk me to my car. I hate this guy. He sucks. But I do want to point out Sandy's one flaw. <laughs> That she's wearing one of the ugliest dresses I've ever seen. It's overalls on top and then like patchwork flower. Oh, yeah. Strips. Those were big. Those were big. <laughs> it is so it kind of reminded me of uh, Jennifer Aniston's shorts in Leprechaun. Like it's from the same line. It's that era. Look, I know I had one of those jumper dresses that was like denim on top and then floral on the bottom. Oh, yeah. Those denim were and floral big. were big. And it was that shade of denim. Yes, absolutely. That shade. So she's like, Paul, I was just trying to be nice. And he's like, I can take a hint, which is a lie. Yeah, he cannot. They say goodbye. And the next morning we see Sandy waking up in her wicker bed. And Rhonda's already awake. She's packing to go to Houston for an aerobic seminar. Love I love it. that I love that the writers were like, we need to find a reason to get Rhonda out of Los Angeles, like out of the apartment for a few days. What where would she go? Some, I know. Yeah. An aerobic seminar. No one will ask questions. <laughs> like, what even is that? Does that even exist? Also, if there was an aerobic seminar, it would be in LA. Why? <laughs> that's the it's, that's the capital of aerobics. It sounds like Rhonda's about to get scammed. Yes, I would like to see that episode. That's the storyline. Yeah, why not? That that should be the B story, not the car. Rhonda loses her life savings because she joins an aerobics cult in Houston. Oh my god! Yeah, with a, a pyramid bunch of scheme. Christian moms. It's like Lularoe. Yes, and she has like an apartment full of some weird exercise poles mm. or something. Right. That's where she's going. So uh, Sandy walks out onto the balcony and she looks out at the pool in horror because Paul has filled the pool at Melrose Place with water lilies. I can't even imagine how embarrassing this would be (laughs) if some guy you rejected did this and you see Michael and Jane had to clean it up. Also, I am actually kind of surprised Michael wasn't more irritated because he doesn't really act irritated even. All all he does is he goes, unbelievable. But he's not like, Sandy, what the fuck? <laughs> what is the... And we're not talking three lily pads. No. It's like 30 lily pads. It fills the pool completely. And he's got one net and Jane's just fucking standing there. Yeah, Jane's standing there with her hands on her hips. The she, whole thing is crazy. It's not even 30. It's like 60. Michael has gotten more irritated about smaller things in previous episodes. But this one, he just lets roll off his back. Yeah. And he's not mad at the guy. No. 
He's still not mad at he's the guy. He's still not mad. At, I'd be mad at him just for that, not even for stalking St- Sandy. Like, <laughs> like you'd think Michael would at least be mad about that, right? right. Like, yeah. No, he just goes, unbelievable. And no. he's cleaning up. We Whatever. <laughs> Day in the life of the building manager. <laughs> <laughs> totally normal shit. Paul left a card that said, little bit of home. Love, Paul. Ugh. Next, we see some old bag. Is Where looking- did they find this woman? This woman is like... <laughs> They're like, she's from like an episode of like Little House on the Prairie. Like she's so old and dated looking. She looks like Ernest dressed up as an old woman. (laughs) Her style though is like from the turn of the century or something. Like it's like, she's so old. They just like cast, they're like, we need an old bag. Yeah. She's an old bag and she's looking at Allison's car because she's going to, she's interested in buying it. But this broad knows cars. Yep. This is like the comedy of the scene yeah. is that she opens the hood and she's like, well, your carburetor <laughs> shot. <laughs> yeah. She's off. looks like a fancy old bitty rich lady, but she knows tons of stuff. Like she knows more than Jake. Oh, totally. She could fucking car mechanic Jake under the table. She could beat him in a contest to like build a motorcycle from scratch <laughs> or something like yeah, and she's like, this car, to, car is a dog. And Allison's like, oh. Yeah, at, she's the one clutching her pearls yeah. at the end. Back at the complex, Sandy is telling Jake about Paul. And she's con- trying to confide in him that, like, this guy is stalking me. I went on one date with him, and he won't leave me alone. And Sandy starts lamenting dating in L.A. about how strangers just come come up to you out of nowhere. At least back home, everyone knows each other. And Jake is really unsupportive. No, he's like, you're a snob. He's a fucking dick. He's like, yeah. why aren't you giving him a chance? It's crazy. I can't believe not one person in this complex is like, yeah, that's creepy. Not even the women are on her no, side. <laughs> like, no one's it, on her wild. side. That night, Billy and Allison go to shooters. And Allison is really bummed about her car. And she is wearing <laughs> an olive green chenille vest. It's hideous. Over a rose colored top, which I'm almost positive is a bodysuit. There's like, that's like a very common color combo that I hate. Yeah. Olive green and rose. But it was big. Of this time. Of this time. Yes. Like, I can like it. It can be good. But there's like something about this period where that was a combination that was kind of like vintage. Or something I can't quite I don't know what the like it, it was like such a popular like dusty rose. It's a dusty smoky rose that's not it's not a particularly attractive rose. Yeah, and it's just like it's always certain fabrics too, like um the broke like you said, the chenille or that like fabric that looks like it would like upholster a couch. Like yes. that brocade or yes. whatever it's called. Like a, it's not a even carpet, ba- like those that, carpet. Yes. Yeah. Billy is dunking on her for calling her car Betsy. Billy's just like being like, you're a fucking weirdo and you have weird like mommy issues. Right. Like she's too attached. She's too attached to this car. He, the, the weird thing is like some things, Allison, it's like, yeah, she's annoying, but it's like, why would you waste even a second dunking on her about this? But that's just Billy's role is to pick Allison apart for every little personality quality she has. Like, (laughs) it's kind of mean. It is kind of mean. And he's like, why don't you just buy the convertible? He's like bullying her into getting this car she can't afford. 
Next thing we know, fucking Paul shows up at Shooters and Matt and Rhonda are like with him. Yeah. And fucking Matt, I expected more out of Matt. Mm. Matt works like closely with people who are troubled and he can't see that this is a red flag. No, they're literally like, hip, hip, hooray. Three cheers for Paul. <laughs> like walking in with him. I'm so annoyed. Borderline carrying him on his, their shoulders because he donated some trees to Matt's organization. Yeah, he donated some trees to the halfway house and he is gushing about it. This is the one Matt scene we get. It's like these people have no experience with like manipulation. No. Or something. No. Um. Matt and Rhonda leave and Sandy goes over to Paul and she's like, look, Paul, there's nothing between us. It's over. She's very direct with him. And she's even like, she's like, there's nothing even to be over because nothing ever happened. But like, which is true. It's like right. she has to tell him it's over, which is crazy. And Paul is fucking pissed. He's like furious. And Jake shows up and he's like, hey, Paul, how's it going? Yeah, and Paul's like inselling out he's, at shooters. He's, <laughs> he's totally inselling out. He's like, not great. And Jake's like, ah, she's a picky lady. What are you going to do? Yeah, completely. Jake is unfazed by Paul's behavior at all. This is crazy. Paul is like, well, she was really flirty with me when we first met. Mm. It, this, he's inselling out. Yeah, and Jake's and, like, aha. I get it. Mm, she, yeah. she deserved it. Sandy deserved what she's getting. And Jake's like, that's Sandy. And then he leaves. And Sandy goes up to Jake. And Jake is like, you flirted with him. Like gotcha. He starts. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Got- Jake-, Jake-, Jake finally got his evidence. Jake is like fucking acting like he solved this great mystery. <laughs> yeah. And like he's cracked the case. Like this is like some brilliant insight from him. Right. Here's what's happening to you. It's your fault. <laughs> As I thought. <laughs> And Sandy's rightfully pissed. And she's like, I was just stupidly hoping for a little compassion from you. And Jake says the weirdest line. He goes, wrong gender. Un- unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> like, like compassion? No. No. I'm a man. Sorry. man. Men don't have compassion. Crazy. Just nuts. Okay. Let's um, take a break. Let's take a break here. We'll be right back. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormal 
abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Later, Shooters closes for the night and Sandy and her coworker, who has a ponytail, are locking up. And he's like, geez, what a night. She says goodnight to this guy and starts walking down the street alone. She's walking home. And it's like this very tense horror movie scene where we hear clip, clap, clip, clap, the steps, the steps and the street. It's like deserted. It's like, this is supposed to be West Hollywood. There's no one on the street. No I one have on the street. never seen it this empty before. And there's kind of a creepy music playing and like shadows. Yeah. And like, Ooh, is that something behind her? She keeps like looking behind and her. And nothing's we, there. So she's relieved. But we, then she hears it again. And we hear sirens in the background yeah, to, just, to make it seem like this is a dangerous neighborhood. Absolutely. But it's not. Um, this is like, yeah, this is very tense. But she makes it to the door. And we do see his cowboy boots. Oh, we did? It's like towards the end. So it seems like she's being paranoid initially. But then they do show his beige pow- cowboy boots or his tan cowboy boots. And I don't know if it's her imagination Mm. that we're seeing or reality, but yeah, he's not there, but she does make it home safe. She opens the door. Rhonda's not there because she's like, oh yeah, she's in Houston. The the worst possible timing. The worst timing. She sees that her answering machine is blinking and she plays the messages and it starts. The first message starts. Hey babe, it's Paul. But that's not the last message from Mm -hmm. Paul. There are several messages that Paul has left throughout the course of the night. And the last one is like, it's 2.15 a.m. I know shooters just closed. Where are you? Yeah, where are you? So it just escalates. He keep, yeah, his messages get progressively more unhinged. Mm Mm-hmm. So she goes over to Jane and Michael's. And of course, Jake follows her there. Jake goes too. And this is at like 2 a.m., Right? It's like 2.30. Yeah. At least. It's in the middle of the night and she goes to them. She goes to them and she plays them the messages. And Jane just offers this fucking throwaway line. (laughs) Like, where was this (laughs) storyline? Jane says... It happened to me recently. I mean, really obscene phone calls. And I I feel fucking devastated that we did not get the episode where Jane gets perverted prank phone calls like in Black Christmas. Yeah, (laughs) right. And I was just imagining like, or like in Serial Mom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it would be just some rival uh, boutique owner who was leaving Jane these messages. Your dresses look like shit. And also, she didn't tell Michael. She didn't tell Michael. Michael's like, what? You got obscene messages? She's like, excuse me. Um, and But then Michael Michael says to Sandy, you know, some people would call that flattery. Who? Who, was call- <laughs> Who would call this flattering? Sandy's rightfully freaking out. And Michael says, he seemed like a nice guy at the pool. 
I don't buy for one second, even the worst people would hear these messages on her answering machine and be like, eh. <laughs> like to me, this was the time they all would have come around to it. Yes. And they didn't. It's unbelievable. Even Jane was like, she shared her story, but she didn't seem particularly concerned. <laughs> like, no, um, it's fucking wild. So Sandy storms off. Of course, Jake follows her and she's like, forget it, Jake. And that night she can't sleep. And her phone just, we hear her phone ring again because we know it's him calling to leave another message. But she doesn't unplug the phone. She doesn't unplug the phone. (laughs) The next day, Billy is talking to Jake and he's trying to relate Sandy's horrifying dilemma to Allison's car. Insane. This is a terrible analogy, Billy. And he's like, and then he's like, I don't know why you and Sandy don't just get together. Yeah. Sandy arrives and she tells the boys that she went to the police, but of course they can't do anything. This is the most believable part of this the, is very of the story because a lot of <laughs> look, it's sad, but true. If yeah. you've ever gone to the police for a stalker, the cops always say, well, we can't do anything until he murders you. So try Come again. Back then. Come back after he <laughs> murders after you. He murders you. Get a friend to do it. Yeah. And, that, and, that, <laughs> and that's what they tell Sandy. And Jake is like, Jake has the audacity to say to her, why don't you just talk to me? And she's like, I did fucking talk to you. I like when Jake gives some information about stalking. And Sandy's like, stalked a lot of women, Jake. It's like, how do you have this info? (laughs) Yeah, this is when this is the moment when Jake finally has compassion for Sandy and like finally believes her is when he's like, yeah, cops do do that. Yeah, he's had some experience. He's had bad experiences with the cops. So he's like, "Okay, I guess I believe you. That part's true. (laughs) (laughs) Um. He's like, but you're not going to deal with this alone. He's going to like walk her to work or drive her to work, pick her up from work. Yeah. She's going to stay at his house. No, he's finally helping her. Finally. Yes. Allison is showing her car to a young girl who's supposed to, I feel like, represent like a younger Allison. Yeah. Like Like a a naive buyer. She's a very naive buyer. Allison's wearing a beige vest today. And I need to clarify something with you because they keep talking about what a great color this car is. It's like ice blue. But it's barely, it's almost white. <laughs> like it's close to white. It doesn't like show that. Maybe it just didn't read for me on my computer. I could tell it was like a tinge of something. You know what it is? It's dentine ice. Yeah. It looks like dentine ice blue. Yeah. They just kept going on and on about the color. It was just Why very that funny. De- that's not a desirable <laughs> color, is it? I don't know. Maybe back then. Everything anyway, was ice. You wanted it. You wanted ice blue. <laughs> so Allison is like showing this car. This girl doesn't know shit about cars. But Allison can't lie to her. Yeah. She's like, look, this car is a piece of shit. And Billy's in the background sucking on a water bottle. <laughs> And And he's like, what are you doing? He can't believe it. (laughs) Billy was about to sell this poor girl a fucking lemon. Ugh, awful. And like, I don't, this seemed, that seemed out of character even for Billy. Yeah. Like that's a little too shady for him. But he's like, Allison, we could have made a sale. Yeah. And she's like, Billy has zero life. 
He by the way, why, where, why isn't he looking for a job? What is he, he has doing? no friends? He's like following her all over the valley yeah. to sell this car. Like, where, <laughs> what is he doing? Um, he's disappointed that Allison was honest that night. Jake escorts Sandy to her door. And when she closes the door, she screams. Jake comes in rushing in and She's like, the window is open. She notices a window in her apartment's open. She never opens that window. And Jake checks out the place. It's very dark and scary in there. No one turns the lights no. on while they're checking out. I was also like immediately like, I'd have Jake walk me in and check everything. Because <laughs> he just lets her into the house by herself. Yeah. And I would probably have already spent the night at his house. Oh, me too. At that point. so Especially because Rhonda's gone. Yeah, yeah. So Jake and... Sandy walks into her bedroom and it's covered in rose petals. And there's ugly bouquets of flowers on the side as well. Like he got lazy and didn't want to rip those up. No, he just, I don't know what he was doing. It's like, and here's some more flowers because he just bundles them. He doesn't even make a nice effort. Right. So Sandy, the phone rings and the answering machine picks up and the, on, on the line, Paul starts saying, I'm working late at the nursery, imagining you, the petals sticking to you, and your scent mixing with the flowers. Jake picks it up and he goes, listen to me, you sick son of a bitch. Click. But then, yeah, click. Paul hangs up. I mean, this was the first time I go, okay, these are like Silence of the Lambs sick fantasies he's having. Anytime a creepy guy is talking about your scent. It's very difficult to make that sound sexy, in my opinion. It, <laughs> Your scent. Yeah. <laughs> like you can, but not when... Not from yeah, that guy. Not from that guy. Jake is like, I'm going to go down there to the nursery at 2 a.m., whatever time this yeah. is, because Sandy just got off work and confront this guy. Yeah. And he arrives. This nursery is like deserted. And he sees Paul in the office on the phone. And this nursery is just like open, like... It's just like he waltzes in. Right. And he sees Paul while he's leaving another message for Sandy. (laughs) That's all he does. It's all he does. Then he kicks Paul's ass. That was finally satisfying. It was really satisfying. And he says, you come near her again and I'll kill you. Jake comes back to his place where Sandy is waiting. He's like, he won't bother you anymore. Like, I was glad he got his ass kicked, but I don't think his ass was kicked hard enough for this. I think he got one good punch. He got one good punch, but it needed to be more of an ass kicking to really confidently say to Sandy, he won't bother you. I agree. And she, he's like, I think you should stay here tonight. And later that night, they're talking. Well, Sandy's talking yeah. at Jake in the dark, and she's like reminiscing about their first night together and jake's like it's late go to sleep (laughs) she's like hey jake she's like jake (laughs) we we went for a midnight swim in the pool it was so sensual and he's like sandy go to sleep (laughs) in jake's apartments the next morning oh wait sorry we skipped a really important scene very important (laughs) another betsy scene i'm so sorry the next day allison is hanging out by her car and billy shows up like he's just been on a run because he's wearing a tank top mm. and Allison starts reminiscing about all the good times she had with her car. And like every story she tells makes it sound like, Oh, you were a fucking loser. Like, are you right? <laughs> you, everyone thought you were a dork. Cause she's like, I was always the designated driver. I didn't drink. I was worried about my grades. And then she goes, 
And then there was that one time where the frat boys lifted my car up and put it on the roof of the administration's office. Like, that's not a good memory. No. That's it, a horrible memory. I love any scene where Allison talks about not drinking. Oh, I know. So I'm like, well, we'll see how that goes. Because <laughs> we know what's coming. We know what's coming, we Allison. We know what's coming, Allison. And then she tells Billy that she lost her virginity in the backseat. I don't know why that made me sick. Allison's... <laughs> Pussy juice is still in the back seat of that car. You need to sell that. Also, you just know it was like, not like it was a bad experience for her. Not right. like a, you know, an assault or anything, but just like lame. Yeah. How could that be good? No, it couldn't be. And she's like fondly looking back on it. None of the Allison seems like the type of person who's like, I'm just going to get it over with. Yeah. And like meet some guy and like, come on, just fuck me. So I'm not a virgin anymore. Yeah. Um, now we're in Jake's apartment. Sandy's making country breakfast for Jake. She's wearing his flannel shirt. I was surprised Jake had those groceries, to be honest. Yeah, that was a lot of ingredients. No, because she was like eggs, sausage, sausage, bacon. And she's like, you don't have grits, do you? It's like, of course he doesn't. Right. You're, you were lucky you found what you found. <laughs> like, like, I think we talked about it before. Like, I would not drink milk from Jake's apartment. Oh, right. Yeah. No, <laughs> I was like, he would not have sausage and bacon. I'm sorry. Like, and eggs. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, in Jake's fridge is definitely like uh, a quarter of a carton of milk. That's old. Uh, maybe a baking soda. And he also has like batteries. He has batteries. Yeah, he definitely has batteries in the fridge. And he definitely has takeout, but it's takeout from shooters. And it's also open. It's open. (laughs) It's like a clamshell. It's open, so it's kind of dried and inedible. But it's like the wings. It's like a takeout wings box of wings from shooters. Right. That's a week old. And he just doesn't throw it out. No. But he shouldn't have taken it at all. Like- <laughs> Why would you get takeout from shooters? Um, so Sandy's making him breakfast, and then she starts saying, did you ever notice it's just depression or loneliness <laughs> or fear that brings us together? Sometimes she is very intuitive. <laughs> she is. It's a, There's a knock at the door, and it's the cops, and they need to talk to Jake. Right. Because they finally show up when the male has some, a man has some issues. They finally take this seriously because Paul filed a complaint against Jake for mm. assaulting him. Sandy and Jane, uh, suddenly Sandy appears in the apartment. I mean, Jane appears in the apartment. Like, how'd she get in there? And she has an incredible Jane silk shirt on. This shirt is so <laughs> awful. It's like a, it's like a knockoff Versace blouse. Right, but it's like patchwork florals, kind of. It's not patchwork. It's like floral prints, but it's like swaps. chain prints. It's multiple prints on one shirt. Right. But there are pieces together with different prints. Were there? Yeah. It was bad. It looked it's like, really bad. It looked like a... You're knock- right. It is a Versace style, but like country or it something. really bad. Um and they're like spying on Jake out the window while he's talking to the cops. And then Michael appears. How is everyone in Jake's apartment all of a sudden? Also, is Michael very busy or not? Right. Because he seems like he hasn't been doing hospital duties lately. <laughs> like he's he, just always around. Michael hasn't gone to work in weeks. Which would never happen. No. He doesn't have time to clean lily pads. Right. That's where he should have been angry when those lily pads <laughs> happened. <laughs> they're just like watching Jake. 
And Michael finally apologizes to Sandy. He comes up to Sandy. He goes, I'm sorry, Sandy. We should have believed you. All the signs were there. Yeah. All the signs were there. Why didn't they believe her? It's crazy. His apology, too, is like not even sincere. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. What what are you going to do? What are you going to do? People make mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) Back at the car dealership, Allison is perched by her dream car and billy is like giving her suggestions on what to name this car and he's giving all these like italian names yeah he's like you should name it luigi (laughs) very disrespectful and then billy's like starts um psychoanalyzing allison again he's like you have trouble talking about your feelings and then harvey firestein's cousin comes back with papers to sign and allison at this point just now realizes how expensive this car is going to be and she's like, I can't sign this. Yeah. This I'll is be paying it off for years, too. And it's like two years. That's it. That's me- like- <laughs> Meanwhile, Betsy is being towed away. And Allison's like, stop. Yeah. And she gets Betsy back. And she's like, I'm not going to. I mean, she's put this car dealership guy through a whole rigmarole for like days. She's yeah, not even going to buy the car now. He must be so irritated. Even the tow truck driver was probably really annoyed. He had to yeah. come out there. Yeah, unhook the car. Unhook the car. That's like annoying. Um, She's like, I'm just not ready to let Betsy go. Mm. Finally, the end of that pointless fucking storyline. Yeah. We could have just learned this about Allison in a better way, probably. That afternoon, Sandy makes a really bad decision. She goes to the nursery to confront Paul herself. This is a terrible idea. Luckily, it works out for her, but I agree. The instinct is wrong. It's very wrong. She confronts Paul in front of his boss. (laughs) In front of his boss. And Paul tries to like introduce Sandy to his boss. He's like, Sandy, this is Mrs. Sullivan, the owner of the nursery. And Sandy's like, Well, did you know that Paul obsesses on women and then calls them late at night? I feel like Sandy really sold the circumstances short in that statement. Yeah obsesses on women and calls them late at night. No, no. I would have been like, Paul repeatedly leaves me like dozens of creepy messages and he filled he my... broke into my house. He broke into my house. He filled my apartment complex's pool with lily pads and like he's a freak. I agree. Or you could have even just said something. Do you know I turned him down after a date and he continues to stalk me like night and day calling me nonstop. Like, do you know what I mean? Like lead with that, the stalking part, not just that he like calls you a bunch. She didn't even say a bunch. She said he calls them late at night. The way she phrased it almost could seem like a joke. Yes. Or something too. But yeah. And he's, he's, uh, he's frantic though. Cause he's, it's in front of his boss. He's freaking out. And she's like, you better drop those charges against Jake. And then Paul, like, gives a very incel speech about how he's lonely in the city. And he blames Los Angeles for doing this to Sandy. Los Angeles literally broke this man. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, first of all, why did you move here? Why? You're a florist. Like, it doesn't even make sense. You don't have any reason to be in LA necessarily career wise. it so much. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, uh, you can be a florist in, in many places, even big cities. Like, why did he move to LA? He's he's like, yeah, he's trying to like uh, make her feel bad for him. And then Sandy's like, "You call me or come near me again, and I'm going back to the police." And he's like, "Okay." Finally. I feel like this is the we've had another story that wrapped up 
like this. I can't remember which one, but that he's literally mean. like, okay, I'll stop. And then as she walks away, he's like, God, what was they thinking? <laughs> like whatever he says, I was like, no true deranged stalker would give up that easily. No. Um, that night at shooters, Jake is like the charges were dropped and now they're bringing Paul in for questioning. So I guess that's good. Yeah. I don't know. Jake walks her home. And the final scene, we get a dumbass Billy and Allison scene Ugh, watching, mo- watching movies and eating ice cream. And this is Billy. So this point of this scene is that Allison can't let go of her childhood things. And Billy also can't. What is, I just don't understand what's particularly childish about watching a movie with a snack. Everybody, I don't either. Everybody does that. And, and Allison is, is like, he's like, she's like, oh, it looks like someone else can't let go. And then she's like, I have one thing to say, move over. And she joins him. <sighs> I hate and it. And then revoltingly starts eating directly out of his ice cream bowl. That is Which gross. would drive me crazy. <laughs> if someone sat down next to me and then took my spoon and started eating my ice cream, especially, I would lose it. Especially like half melted ice cream that has like spit in it. Like that's not a food that you like share. I don't. That is like a pet peeve of mine. And yeah. probably my only weird food sharing thing is like, I don't like to share dairy because it sticks. Same. I'm the to same the spoon. way. I'm the same way. Like, And if I share, if someone's like, taste this, I literally do a clean bite. I don't like wipe my mouth on the spoon or something like that. You need a clean spoon for that. But I also wouldn't, I wouldn't ask for a bite of someone's ice cream after they've been eating it for a while. No. Because it's all like... When it's hard, it's like a little easier when it's fully frozen because you can bite it with your teeth and take the bite or whatever and it's not leaving any residue. No, but this was like melted ice cream. No, they had been taping the scene for a while. The ice cream was getting melty. It was just, it grossed me out. And I don't want to end scenes on them anymore. I'm sick of their little relationship. No one wants it. <laughs> like they're really trying to sell this like rom-com. They hate each other, but, but they, they actually love each, love each other. other. And it's like, no one is invested in this happening. We're in the home stretch, Desi. Yes. Things are about to get good. Yeah, we're getting there. We're very close. Anyway, that is episode eight. We'll be back next week with episodes nine and 10. See you next week. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.